Hello and welcome to a new literature podcast and episode here on Litonair, this time in English for you, Ilos Bikerman. Today we will have a new review and analysis episode that will focus on Irwin D. Yalom's novel When Nietzsche Wept. This would be the title in English, in German the novel is called Und Nietzsche Weinte. The English edition was published in 1992 by the Harper Perennial Publishing House. The German edition was published in 2007 by the BTB Press. The novel was also made into a film in the USA. The drama lasts 1 hour and 45 minutes and was released in 2007. The director of this motion picture is Pinches Perry, starring Armand Assant and Ben Cross in the main roles of the philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche and doctor and physiologist Josef Breuer. Yalom was born on June 13, 1932 in Washington, the United States, and is a well-known American psychoanalyst, psychotherapist, writer and psychiatrist. He has taught at Stanford University and is a retired professor of psychiatry now. On the one hand, he has published a large number of scientific works, but on the other hand, he has also written a number of psychological novels and biographical fictions with a rich psychoanalytical background. Along with Rollo May, Yalom is the founder of the Existential Psychotherapy. This is based on the desperation of life due to the confrontation with existential aspects such as there are death, fear, loneliness and senselessness. According to Yalom, these existential aspects, which can cause problems, represent problems in a rather philosophical and not in a therapeutic way. Yalom is also of the opinion that the therapeutic conversation between patient and therapist should also come close to a friendship that strives for openness, commitment and equality. In addition to the International Sigmund Freud Prize for Psychotherapy from 2009, Yalom has also received other prizes for his work, such as the Fellowship Award from the Center for Advanced Study in the Behavioral Sciences, the Fellowship Award from the Rockefeller Foundation from 1987, and the Oscar Pfister Award for Important Contributions to Religion and Psychiatry. Yalom received also the Commonwealth Club Gold Award for Best Fiction for his novel When Nietzsche Wept from 1992. Other of Yalom's best-known works include Lying on the Couch from 1996, The Schopenhauer Q from 2005, The Spinoza Problem from 2012, and Creatures of a Day and Other Tales of Psychotherapy from 2015. Now we'll get to the book When Nietzsche Wept, which in itself is a biographical fiction about the historical figures Friedrich Nietzsche and Joseph Breuer. For a better contextual positioning and understanding, both male and historical main characters will be outlined briefly. First, Joseph Breuer. Joseph Breuer was an Austrian doctor, physiologist, philosopher and internist. Alongside Sigmund Freud, Breuer is also considered to be one of the most important co-founders of psychoanalysis. Breuer was born on January 15, 1842 in Vienna and died there on June 20, 1925. Breuer had five children with his wife Matilda Altmann. At the same time, there was a rumor that Breuer in his mid-forties fell in love with one of his patients named Anna O. Her real name was in fact Bertha Poppenheim. 
Together with the 27-year-old Sigmund Freud, Breuer had looked after Rana O oh and discussed her case under this pseudonym in his studies on hysteria from 1895. It was later alleged that Breuer could not longer supervise Anna O's case because of the feelings he had developed for her, although research shows that this had not happened and Breuer had continued to supervise Anna O for many years. Now we will get to Friedrich Nietzsche. Friedrich Nietzsche is one of the internationally best known and most widely read German philosophers and classical philologists. He was born on October 15, 1844 in röcken Lützen, Germany and died on August 25, 1900 in Weimar. Nietzsche grew up with his sister Elizabeth as the son of a pastor. Even as a child, Nietzsche showed special talent for ancient languages and literature. In his younger years, Nietzsche immersed himself particularly in the philosophy of Schopenhauer, from which he then felt repulsed later and turned away due to Schopenhauer's pessimistic worldview. Nietzsche then developed his own philosophical outlook and philosophical approaches, which were often processed in his works in the form of aphorisms. His novel Thus Spoke Zarathustra, which was written between the years of 1883 and 1885, was one of the best-known works in world literature, and Yalom has also written other important works such as There Are the Birth of Tragedy from 1872 and Truth and Lies in a Non-Moral Sense from 1873, Human All to Human, which was written between the years of 1878 and 1880, as well as The Gay Science from the year 1882 and many, many more. Nietzsche had an intense friendship with Lou Andrea Salome, a Russian-German general daughter and curious philosophy student, and the German doctor and philosopher Paul Ray. But Nietzsche had fallen out of this friendship when Lou Andrea Salome rejected Nietzsche's marriage proposal and then showed her affection towards Ray. From then on, plagued by jealousy, Nietzsche spoke of a threefold betrayal in his life that had in fact robbed him of all trust in other people. Yalom's biographical fiction dedicated to Nietzsche and Breuer in a total of 22 chapters describes the fictional encounter between two historical personalities that actually never happened. This encounter takes place in Vienna around the year 1882. Yalom, who is also an expert in the field of psychoanalysis, has attempted in his book to create a dialogue between two opposing characters, namely Nietzsche as an eccentric and rather unapproachable philosophical personality, and Breuer, on the other hand, as a conventionally anchored physiologist plagued by several daydreams. In this dialogue, Yalom lets the two main male characters in their mid-forties talk to each other about their historically known problems and reflect upon them. The abundance of biographical background knowledge and knowledge of documented relationships between the two main characters and other historical figures that Yalom incorporates into his novel makes the fictional dialogue between Nietzsche and Breuer that takes place in Breuer's practice very authentic, convincing and tangible. In addition to Breuer's wife Mathilde, Sigmund Freud and some other family members from Breuer's side, Yalom also includes historical figures from Nietzsche's side such as there are Lou Andrea Salome, Elizabeth Furster Nietzsche and Paul Rhee in their equally accurate biographical relationship constellations. For example, the one between Lou Salome and Elisabeth Förster Nietzsche. Elisabeth Förster Nietzsche blackened Lou Salome at Nietzsche more than once, and thus also facilitated the friendship break between Nietzsche and Lou Salome. Ultimately, the reader can well imagine that a meeting between Nietzsche and Breuer could have taken place in this way, 
or in a similar way such as Yalom describes it in his book. Luandria Salome is given by Yalom a key function within the plot which sets the novel in motion. Luandria Salome is given by Yalom a key function within the plot which sets the novel into motion. The novel begins with a fictional letter from Lou Salome to Joseph Breuer on October 21, 1882. In this letter, the 21-year-old philosophy student asks the routinized Breuer in his 40s, without any prior appointment in his practice and therefore, as Breuer believes, in a very direct and rather impertinent way, to go to the so-called Café Sorrento in the next morning to meet Lou there and to discuss a very urgent matter, which she describes in her first letter only with the sentence that German philosophy hangs in the balance. In addition to such fictional letters, Yalom also incorporated real correspondence into the plot, such as the one between Nietzsche and Luzalome and the one between Nietzsche and his sister. In addition to the letters, the novel also includes notes by Friedrich Nietzsche about Breuer and vice versa, which are very interesting and rather amusing to read because of the two men's reflection on each other. When Breuer and Lou Salome, who Breuer did not know before, meet, Lou tells him that a very good friend of hers is very desperate and that she is afraid for him because she fears that he might kill himself. This would not only be quite a loss for Lou Salome, but also a tragedy for the whole European culture. In the conversation with Breuer, Lou Salome then mentions towards the end that this is in fact Nietzsche, about whom she is very worried. She adds that Nietzsche does not even know that Lou has come into contact with Breuer and asked him to help Nietzsche. Furthermore, Lou also tells Breuer about Nietzsche's physical symptoms that only worsen Nietzsche's desperate state of mind. According to Lou Andrea Salome, Nietzsche suffers from severe headaches, frequent nausea and dizziness, stomach problems, refusal to eat for days, pronounced insomnia, as well as from a progressive blindness. Also, Nietzsche takes large and dangerous amounts of morphine because of his pronounced insomnia. Moreover, Lou Andrea Salome stresses that none of the 24 best European doctors by whom Nietzsche had been examined in Germany, Austria and Switzerland in the last 24 months could have helped him. As a result, Nietzsche gave up his chair at the University of Basel as well as his friends and went into solitude and became a lonely traveller who would seek relaxation from his pain in a calm and pleasant climate. After hearing this story, Thereupon Breuer promises that he would be happy to examine Nietzsche at Salome's request and said goodbye to her at the same time being astonished at the fact that he had not been able to turn down the young and stubborn woman. This whole opening scene of the fictional meeting between Lou, Andrea Salome and Joseph Breuer is essential for the further course of the novel. In this way, the foundation was created to allow the two outstanding personalities of Nietzsche and Breuer to approach each other and to come together. After the extensive discussion of Nietzsche and his condition, Yalom lets readers learn more about Breuer and Breuer's personal and historically well-founded private life in the following chapters. The author describes and thematizes from a neutral, dialogue-heavy and thus observant narrative perspective not only Breuer's work in his practice, but also his family life, his marriage to Mathilde, and his conversations with 27-year-old Sigmund Freud, 
who is not only a friend of the Breuer family, but who also gets along very well with Breuer's wife Mathilde. Freud also knows about the marriage crisis between Breuer and Mathilde. However, Jalom shows how much Breuer's private life and martial crisis are in fact overshadowed by Breuer's constant daydreaming and secret obsession for his former patient Anna O., about which Freud also knows and occasionally talks about with Breuer, even if not very in depth. Anna O. was, according to Jalom, moved to another clinic not so long ago and is being looked by after a different doctor there, which personally also troubles the jealous Breuer. When Lou Andrea Salome meets Breuer again to bring him another letter from Nietzsche, Jalom embeds Nietzsche's biographical background even more in that of Breuer, until, finally, on Lou Salome's initiative, Nietzsche and the Austrian physiologist meet for the first time. After Breuer decided to receive Nietzsche under the pseudonym of Eckhart Müller at Lou Salome's behest, she confirmed to Breuer in a further letter also the arrangement with another instance she named Professor Overbeck, by whom Nietzsche would be persuaded to meet Breuer in his practice because of his illness. And when it finally comes to the essential meeting between the two men, Yalom breaks with the usual concept between therapist and patient. At this point, Yalom allows decisive aspects of his existential psychotherapy to flow into the conversations between Nietzsche and Breuer, which do affect the whole plot gradually, but unfold their healing catharsis at the end of the novel. Until then, the reader is confronted under Yalom's break with conventional therapeutic concepts during Breuer's and Nietzsche's conversations with the following questions. Who is the patient? Who is the therapist? Can a final answer be given to the oscillating positions assigned to Nietzsche and Breuer? And what would such an exchange mean for further concepts of psychoanalytic and psychotherapeutic science? Ultimately, with his novel, When Nietzsche Wept, Yalom creates a timeless masterpiece and an international bestseller based on a very precisely presented biographical background and numerous interwoven decisive and important aspects of psychoanalytic and psychotherapeutic practice. At the same time, the fictional encounter and fictional conversation represent an incomparable and inexciting deepening and interweaving of Breuer's psychotherapy and Nietzsche's philosophy. Yalom's novel received quite a strong reception in Europe, the Middle East and South America, as well as in the United States, and it was even performed as a play in Brazil and Argentina. In 2009, the work was honored by the city of Vienna with the Einstadt Ein Buch Festival, at which several hundred copies were distributed to the festival visitors. In 2010, when Nietzsche wept, received the Saint-Maur-Livre de Poche Award in France. So, that's it for Irving the Yalom and When Nietzsche Wept. A little foretaste of what to expect if you want to read the book. And on the other hand, we unfortunately have also come to the end of another review and short analysis episode of Lit on Air. Again, the next episode is already being planned. Therefore, stay tuned, have a nice evening and see you next time here at Lit on Air.